Hi everyone, my name is Olivia McCarthy and welcome to my podcast, How Film and TV Inspire Social Change and Social Movements, where I will share with you the limitless bounds that film introduces to our lives. Now, many people may see films as fantasy and lacking the truth that exists in reality. However, I want to show people how movies, whether created in the 1940s or in the present day, have inspired people to fight for social justice and social change, two ideas that are essential to understand when studying how societies function as a whole. A lot of people see movies and TV as a chance to escape their lives, but really the purpose of movies and TV are to make people reflect on their own individual lives, the societies they live in, and ultimately wake people up. Writers and directors want to open viewers' eyes to the hate that exists in the world, specifically with racism and homophobia in America, police brutality against Black Americans, the potential effects of climate change, the harmful world of addiction and PTSD and homelessness among American veterans. While going to the movies is meant to be a fun and relaxing experience, it really can inspire moviegoers to make a change in their own communities, learn more about different social issues, sign a petition, protest, and become an ally of a social movement. Before discussing TV and film, I just want to make a couple comments on a few sociological topics that are essential to understand how film and TV can inspire this social change in every one of us. Social movements are purposeful, organized groups that strive to work toward a common goal. Some examples of social movements are Black Lives Matter, Me Too, the Occupy Movement, Disability Rights Movement, and a variety of LGBTQ social movements. What is interesting about social movements is they used to be restricted by ge geographical barriers, specifically the civil rights movement back in the 1960s. But now with the increase in technology and social media, social movements are powerful on social media. They can essentially transcend these geological barriers. And many writers and directors are also activists who use their platform to spread information to viewers about what is really happening in America and are ultimately spreading awareness of social issues. So during this episode of the podcast, I will be discussing the injustices that Black people face in America and how film and TV use fictionalized characters who represent what it really means to be Black in America. The first TV show that I... I'm discussing on my podcast in this episode is the Marvel Cinematic Universe's The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So I chose to kind of dive into this TV series because it's a relatively new series. So especially with all of the protests that have happened over the last year, I felt that this show really gave a whole new perspective on what it really means to be Black in America, and I wanted to highlight that. I also wanted to choose a new show that a lot of people haven't already discussed social issues on, and I wanted to choose this show because it's one of my personal new favorite shows. So just a little bit of context for those of you who are unfamiliar with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. In one of the most recent Marvel films, Avengers Endgame, the former Captain America Steve Rogers passed on the mantle of being Captain America to his friend Sam Wilson. 
Now, Sam is a black man, so much of the series focuses on the barriers that Sam faces while trying to be this Captain America in a country that has oppressed black people for centuries. There's another very important character in this show, and his name is Isaiah Bradley, and he is a 70-year-old man who serves as sort of a guide, in a way, for Sam as he's on this journey to self-discovery and self-reflection. So there's one specific scene that highlights some of the injustices that Black Americans face, and it is when this character, Isaiah Bradley, explains how he was imprisoned for 30 years for disobeying officers in the Air Force and leaving base to save his platoon when they had been captured. Now, flashback to the first Captain America film, which takes place during World War II. We see Steve Rogers, a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, nice-smile, handsome guy, disobey his commanding officer's orders and leave his base to save his unit. Steve is praised upon his return, while Isaiah is punished with 30 years in prison for saving the lives of his men. This is not something that just happens in film and TV. This show is attempting to highlight what is really happening in America today. We see it all over the news how black men are imprisoned at significantly higher rates than white men, how black men typically receive more prison time than white men for committing the same crimes. Look at the difference in sentencing between Brock Turner and Corey Beatty. Both were guilty, but Turner, a white privileged man, received three months in prison, while Corey Beatty, a black man, received 15 years. Earlier at the beginning of the series, Sam Wilson is approached by the United States government who asks him to return the shields that Steve Rogers had given to him. And Sam obliges as he wasn't sure at the time if keeping the shield and becoming Captain America was the right choice for him. Once he returns the shield, the government gives it over to a man named John Walker a white man and crowns him as the new Captain America. This whole interaction in itself is messed up on so many levels. Sam Wilson is an army veteran, a good upstanding citizen, and he saved the lives of millions with the Avengers. But he is not deemed worthy to be the new Captain America because of his black skin. Now, another scene from this show I want to dive into is another conversation between Sam Wilson and Isaiah Bradley. And just some more information about Isaiah Bradley. Isaiah Bradley is a super soldier, and he was injected with a serum, the same serum that gives Steve Rogers, Captain America, super strength. However, Steve elected to take the serum and was given control over his own body, whereas Isaiah and his entire platoon were infected with different versions of the serum so that the government could perfect it. This has a lot of similarities to the Tuskegee syphilis study, where between 1932 and 1972, black men were told they were receiving free health care from the government and were being given a shot for bad blood. In reality, these men were injected with syphilis, so the government could observe what untreated syphilis does to the body. This was one of the earliest examples of the unethical nature of the healthcare system in America and one of, and specifically against minority communities. A lot of the men who 
unwillingly participated in the Tuskegee syphilis study uh, ended up dying due to complications with syphilis. And this happened to the men in Isaiah's platoon who were infected with the super soldier serum until Isaiah was the only one who survived the serum. And he eventually was experimented on against his will for decades. Isaiah and Sam have this conversation about what Sam becoming Captain America, the symbol of freedom, hope, and the American dream really means. When Sam arrives to Isaiah's house with the shield in it, in its case, Isaiah says, No, leave it covered. Them stars and stripes don't mean nothing good to me. Sam's confused and asks and says to Isaiah, I need to understand. To which Isaiah responds, I used to be like you until I opened my eyes, until I saw men in the red tails fighting for this country, only to come home to find crosses burned on their lawn. Sam replies with, but you are a super soldier. You could have been the next. Isaiah stops him by saying the next what? Blonde hair, blue eyes, stars and stripes. Isaiah then pulls up his shirt to reveal the scars that were left on his body from the experiments. This scene was super powerful and opens the eyes of not only Sam Wilson, but those who are watching. You see this extreme paradox between two super similar characters once again, Steve Rogers and Isaiah Bradley, but how the world treated Isaiah's blackness. Steve Rogers was praised for his courage and bravery, while Isaiah was erased from history and imprisoned so he would not talk about the violence that was imposed upon his body. In order for Isaiah to even get some form of a life back, people had to have believed him to be dead. His name, history, and blackness was erased, while Steve Rogers, a white man, was praised and even given a museum. This paradox shows white privilege in America and really gives white fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe a new perspective on why we need to recognize black history, praise black history and culture, and understand that violence against black Americans is not a thing of the past, but continues to be a thing of the present. The most interesting part of this encounter between Sam and Isaiah comes when Isaiah says, They will never let a black man be Captain America, and even if they did, no self-respecting black man would ever want to be. This entire scene gives a brand new perspective to the show. A lot of fans were very, very excited to see... Sam Wilson being given the title of Captain America and be given the shield at the end of Avengers Endgame. But Isaiah shows Sam that the shield he sees as a symbol of hope and freedom is seen by Isaiah as a symbol of years of oppression and injustice. It's a direct reference to how black people in the United States see the American flag and reminds us of those who have chosen not to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance to fight back against this corrupted America that was built on the foundation of slavery and white privilege. This is what the Black Lives Matter protest was built upon, protesting against pol police brutality. Think of Colin Kaepernick, former former NFL quarterback who refused to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance during games in protest of police brutality against Black Americans. In this country, those who don't stand, those who stand for the flag are seen as good as they are complying to the social norm, and those who don't stand for the flag are ultimately seen as evil, despite the fact that for Black Americans, this country has been founded upon the idea that Black people are lesser than their white counterparts. 
Overall, this scene inspires people and it essentially unites people in a common sense of humanity and shared responsibility. The TV show writers for the show write the show with a bigger purpose in mind, and they use something known as accelerated crowd learning. These large movie studios now, combined with the powers of streaming giants such as Netflix, Hulu, Disney+, Plus, etc., have the ability to reach a large number of people and not only write films and TV as forms of entertainment, but craft their films to facilitate social change. They do this by writing the truth and making the audience feel connected with the characters, to the story, and ultimately to the message. Good, impactful films and TV shows challenge the audience, audience's perceptions, dissolve the disconnect between fiction and reality, and set up a path for more people to get involved in social change and social movements, and hopefully become activists in the future. Now, there are many other films that have inspired social change in different areas of the world, such as the documentary Blackfish that inspired millions to speak out against the containment of killer whales at theme parks like SeaWorld, The Hate You Give, which told the story of a black teenager who was wrongfully shot and killed by, the, by a police officer who faced no repercussions for his actions, and even V for v Vendetta, which showed a dystopian society where a group of oppressed people revolted ultimately inspiring the freedom hacking group Anonymous in the United States. All of these films and TV shows have one thing in common, and it is that they are crafted to show the audience the truth about a specific issue and make the audience really passionate to get involved in change. So one last thing I want to cover is the fact that though most films have inspired positive social change and support for social movements such as Black Lives Matter, Me Too movement, LGBTQ+, etc. There have been films that have inspired negative social change and inspired the formation of very harmful social movements. And one example is the 1915 film The Birth of a Nation, which was told from the perspective of a Southern family after the Civil War. This film promotes the fact that black people are below white people and portrays black people as dangerous radicals. The only black people in this film that are portrayed in a good light are those who were freed from slavery and chose to stay with their masters on the plantations rather than become free. The movie focuses on violence of black militias against white former slave owners and essentially is a piece of propaganda that uses fear-mongering to convince white people that freedom for black people was dangerous. This movie was used by the KKK to recruit new members. As the lies told about black people being violent led many white people afraid and feeling the need to fight back. Now granted, this film was released over a hundred years ago, but the aftermath of its release led to a dramatic increase in violence against Black Americans. It just goes to show the lengths that films and TV can go to inspire people and to get people involved in social change and social movements. Now in this case, using a film to incite violence upon an entire race of people is absolutely disgusting. But in cases where films and TV are written to open people's eyes to the atrocities going on in the world around them and inspire positive social change, they really have the ability to be a vehicle in driving social movements forward. That is all I have for today's episode. 
Join me next week where I will discuss the film Promising Young Woman and its ties to the Me Too movement to assist in promoting social change in America. Thanks for listening and be sure to comment any thoughts you have and keep watching and dissecting the true meaning of films. Thank you.